for the Ninth Colony. I am from England in Hertfordshire, uh, which is very green and rural. I've lived all over Europe, which is not always green and rural, so it's many hot countries are not. I work in the construction industry at present. Uh, hopefully, um, I'll be on a yacht very shortly, spending my money from the proceeds of the movie we're about to make. My book, obviously, is about colonies of humans, not about Darwin's theory, which I believe to be a nonsense. And it asks the question of where we actually come from and what we're capable of. This is a continuing episode of a series about the Ninth Colony by Colin Curtis. Why don't you go ahead and uh, read through that first chapter? This is The Ninth Colony by Colin Curtis, myself, the author. Chapter One, An Unexpected Encounter. It was a bright sunny day in June 23 in a southern English town called Stevenage in Hertfordshire. Simon, a 28-year-old decorator, had just pulled up with his workmate Alex at their barn conversion job on a local farm. As they climbed out of the work van, a huge shadow appeared above them, instantly blocking out the sunlight. They naturally looked up and were in shock and awe at what they saw. A craft was circling above them, just out of reach. It was approximately 30 feet in diameter, black in colour and circular in design. It made no sound. In fact, everything around it also fell into a deafening and eerie silence. It seemed that time itself had stood still. Simon was the first to, to attempt to touch it, without too much success. Still, it just hovered there, as if it were waiting for something, or maybe it was just observing them. Inquisitive as Simon was, he felt compelled to find out more about this strange object. He was very much into his sci-fi, and to him, this was something that he just couldn't possibly resist. To miss out on an opportunity like this would haunt him for the rest of his days, as it would me. <laughs> Still in awe, he picked up the nearest thing to him, which happened to be a small stone, and he threw it at the craft. The stone disintegrated before it made contact, much to Simon's astonishment. Did you see that? asked Simon, brimming with excitement. Yes, and I think it's probably not a good idea to do it again, Alex replied nervously. Fuck it, why not? Nothing happened the first time, did it? Yeah, but before Alex could finish his sentence, Simon had already picked up another stone and taken aim at the craft. But this time, before he could release it, a beam of light shot towards him and disintegrated it, scorching his right hand. Clearly, this sudden action had put the fear of God into Simon, into Alex, and Simon looked on anxiously as his friend immediately dived for cover to avoid being attacked himself. There was a moment's silence before the craft rose in height by several feet. On seeing this, Alex took his opportunity and crawled over to his friend to check on his condition. 
Are you okay? How badly are you hurt? He asked. I'm okay. Don't worry. It just burnt my hand a little. That's all. Aside from the stinging sensation, I feel quite elated. Really, don't worry. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. While Simon and Alex were discussing what to do next, something began to happen above them. Several slots were opening on the undercarriage of the ship, and what could only be described as a hollow rectangular cage was being lowered from it. A clunking noise was heard as it locked into position, and the craft then reduced in altitude to its original height. This time, though, it was within reach, due to the cage that was suspended underneath it. Simon had now regained his focus, and without fear, he walked towards it. What the hell are you doing? We need to get the fuck out of here, Alex screamed. I need to see what it is. Are you mad? This thing's likely to kill you. Look, I may never get the chance to do this again, okay? You're off your fucking rocker, mate. It's already attacked you once and burnt your hand as a result. Think about what you're doing, Alex pleaded. Don't worry, it was just defending itself. That means it's intelligent. I'm sure with that kind of technology, it could have done far worse if that was its intention. I still think we should leave it well alone. Well, I don't, so we'll have to agree to disagree, said Simon stubbornly. With that, he walked towards the craft, totally ignoring his friend's advice, and grabbed hold of the suspended cage. Alex just stood back, cowering in the doorway of the barn, too frightened to rejoin his mate. Simon pulled himself up into the framework of the cage. From there, he could touch the surface of the black hovering disc. It's okay, it feels kind of warm and it's vibrating slightly, but aside of that, it's fine. Come up and see for yourself. Alex reluctantly approached the cage and reached up to grab hold of it. As he did, a flash of light propelled him to the ground. At the same time, a translucent beam of light surrounded and engulfed the cage, trapping Simon inside. Alex, Alex, are you okay? shouted Simon. It's okay, I'm all right, just a little dazed, that's all. You need to get the hell out of there right now, Alex replied. Simon was going nowhere fast. The surrounding blue light was some sort of force field, and although he could see through it, he could not penetrate or pass through it. I can't get out, he shouted back, sounding very concerned. I fucking knew it. I told you not to touch it, but as usual, you didn't listen. Don't panic. Okay, are there any buttons or anything you can see that might release you? A loud buzzing noise started coming from the cage, and the next thing that Simon saw was a panel materialising in front of him. It was the first sign of gadgetry that he'd seen, and like the craft, it was also black and smooth in design. In the centre of the panel were two shallow eight-inch holes, and inside of them he could clearly see a lever. Being curious and with few other options, he reached into one of the holes and grabbed the lever, which turned in an anti-clockwise direction. Nothing happened. And as he let go, the lever sprung back into its original position. He then repeated the action with the other hole, and much to his annoyance, it did the same. Try turning them both at the same time, Alex suggested. Okay, hang on. As the levers clicked into position, a high-pitched noise could be heard and the cage began to fill up with a luminous orange liquid. Panic set in as Simon tried desperately to reverse his actions. I can't get out! I can't get out! He screamed, banging his fist against the surrounding force field. 
Simon looked on as Alex picked up a hammer from his tool bag and ran towards the cage in a vain effort to release his friend. But before he could reach him, the craft rose 10 foot in the air. He could do little but watch as the rest of the cage filled up with the liquid slowly engulfing Simon. In an instinctual reaction, Alex threw the hammer at the cage. Predictably though, it disintegrated just like the stone. The difference this time was self-evident as the craft immediately attacked, shooting laser beams directly at Alex. In his final seconds of consciousness, Simon looked on as his friend was cut to pieces by the beams and collapsed lifelessly on the dusty ground. Simon retched as he swallowed the fluid until his body fell silent, no longer moving. Five months later, Sabrina, a 21-year-old brunette from London, awoke cold, wet and shivering. She found herself on the floor of a damp, dirty, poorly lit room. Once her eyes had adjusted, she realised she wasn't alone. A couple of dozen males and females, all aged around 20 to 30 years, were scattered around the edges of the room. What the fuck is going on? Who are you people? And where the hell am I? She screamed angrily. Be quiet, you stupid bitch. You're going to get us all killed, came the reply from several voices. Hey, there's no need to talk to her like that, is there? Came a man's voice from the back of the room. It was shock the first time for all of us, wasn't it? At that moment, another girl lying on the floor close to Sabrina also awoke. Only instead of asking questions, she just looked around and started screaming hysterically. Much to the annoyance of everybody else in the room. As frightened as Sabrina was, she tried to comfort her, but the girl was way past reasoning and continued screaming. The siren sounded, and the room was filled with a flashing red light. Everybody immediately moved to the rear of the room and cowered on the floor. Be quiet, please be quiet, they pleaded, screaming to the girl, but to no avail. Sabrina heard the lock on the door in front of the room turn, and her eyes widened as she saw a giant of a man, followed by a huge dog-like creature. The man issued a command and then unleashed the animal. Snarling and drooling, it ran straight towards the screaming girl and sunk its teeth into her shoulder, spraying Sabrina with her blood. It then proceeded to violently drag her out of the room. In an instinctual reaction, Sabrina tried reaching out to help the girl, but the giant kicked her to the floor, saying, unless you want to join your little friend, then I suggest you stay there and shut your mouth. Shaking with fear, she just nodded, too terrified to talk. Her heart was pounding so fast she, she thought her chest was going to explode. She froze with fear, gasping for breath. I'll be back to see you lot in a while. Until then, I don't want any more trouble, so keep the fucking noise down. The guard's voice was deep, gravelly and bellowed. In Sabrina's terrified state, it registered in her mind that everyone around her in the war room had fallen silent and had faced the floor so as not to make eye contact, but Sabrina just couldn't look away. She stared through the doorway in horror and watched the dog tear chunks out of the girl that it had dragged out moments earlier. The sound of cracking bones and ripping tissue sent shivers through her spine. Tears streamed down her face, but she remained silent, not wanting to be next on the menu. The man then left, closing the door behind him, much to the relief of everyone else in the room. Yeah, yeah, very good. So you've introduced Simon, the the protagonist, and also the the heroine, Sabrina. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. 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 So basically, Simon originally 
is the first person to be abducted. He will become the cold leader, if you like. Then we move forward to a group, a room where people, a group of people have been abducted and they're being held in a holding cell and it will move on from there, obviously. And we will come back to Simon shortly. But for the moment, we move on to two or three or four other characters. So there's about six characters in the book, basically, which are human and several that are not, if you like. Well, they are human, really, but they're not human from this planet, let's put it that way. So. Yeah, yeah, and you even indicated that by having the the person who walked in to uh, the person with the dog was a human, but just giant is my interpretation. He's a mycin, yeah, that's oh. correct. Yeah. So he's a slaver, basically. So, but you know, different atmospheres, different uh, uh, gravities, different people would grow up differently, obviously. So different abilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So as yeah. we were talking about earlier, you know science will have an impact on human life and and what we are and are not capable of if you like so yeah yeah even diet alone will change a lot of your size of course cool you have to go other continents to look at maybe china and then then look at america you know chinese are very small and and slender and all that americans tend to be you know they eat a lot (laughs) a lot of sugar (laughs) everything's big big houses big sugar absolutely yeah yeah watch this space because we are going to go to movie and talking to movie and filmmakers if you like and actors etc etc and we are in the process of writing a screenplay which we're going to be putting forward pitching to the big company so hopefully we'll have a new sci-fi franchise yeah. Yeah, Come yeah. Up with, up with comics and, and the like, so, but yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So, I'm the author of The Ninth Colony. I am from England in Hertfordshire, uh, which is very green and rural. I've lived all over Europe, which is not always green and rural, so it's many hot countries are not. I work in the construction industry at present. Uh, hopefully, um, I'll be on a yacht very shortly. Spending my money from the proceeds of the movie we're about to make. My book, obviously, is about colonies of humans, not about Darwin's theory, which I believe to be a nonsense. And it asks the question of where we actually come from and what we're capable of. Don't believe in everything that you hear that authorities tell you because, you know, you have a right to question things and we only move forward in life by questioning things. So... You know, stand up and say what you need to say uh, and never be afraid to do so. Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you with the headphones on who are listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts. You've been listening to the show for a while. You must be enjoying it because you keep coming back. Well, hey, help me out. Tell your friends, your family, other people who would like to listen to Sci-Fi Thoughts. Give me a hand. Help me grow the show. So go ahead and right now, just send a text message, write an email, turn around and talk to the person next to you and tell them about sci-fi thoughts. They can find us via Google or they could type in sci-fi thoughts dot space. Check out the show notes and there you will find the link to Colin's book trailer for The Ninth Colony. 
And it's very fetching with lots of action and epic anticipation. So check it out. How, how to find the show notes? If you use a podcast player, they show up right there in your player as you get this episode. But if you downloaded this episode from the website, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and you will see the show notes there. This series started at episode 233. This is the last episode of the Ninth Colony series with Colin Curtis. If you missed any of the previous episodes, go to your favorite search engine and type in Sci-Fi Thoughts Ninth Colony and you will find the series page there. 